You are listening to Beyond Sets and Reps, where we provide the performance edge. I'm your host, Pat Ivey. And I'm your co-host, Mackenzie. And thanks for tuning in to another episode. Culture of accountability is when a lot of your athletes are doing what they're supposed to be doing, when they're supposed to be doing how they're supposed to be doing it. Competence. Do your athletes know what they're supposed to be doing so that they can do what they're supposed to be doing? Are they committed? Will they see it from the start to the finish? Will they complete the task? Are they consistent? Currently, the Director of Sports Performance at Stephen F. Austin State University, where he is responsible for football strength and conditioning, as well as the development of a comprehensive and integrated sports performance department for all student athletes. From June 2016 to December 2018, was at Texas A&M Commerce, where he held a similar position serving as Director of Sports Performance. He was responsible for football and softball, as well as oversight of all sports performance for Lion Athletics. He helped establish improvements in student-athlete nutrition access by adding a nutrition center in the weight room with budgeting to provide shakes and snacks. He helped Lions football capture the 2017 Division II National Championship. That means he is a national champion. Prior to AM Commerce, he was at an SEC school, the University of Missouri, in his second stint with the program from January 2014 to December 2015 as the Director of Strength and Conditioning. His resume goes on and on and on, but I think we would be doing a disservice if we didn't jump right into this podcast. So, welcome to the show. Josh Stoner. Mm, yeah, you're right. That sounded boring. We, it's a good thing we stopped talking about it. <laughs> no, but uh, no, it's good to be here. I appreciate you guys having me on. Absolutely. Glad to have you on. Absolutely. Go ahead and start it off. Tell our, tell our listeners just a little bit about yourself. Well, you heard a little bit there. Uh, I guess from there, so I was in Missouri and then so that was the second time. So before that, I'd taken a job at Coastal Carolina as a director of strength conditioning and spent two years there. Uh, had a pretty good run. Before that, worked in Missouri for eight years with a lot of different sports. I mean, everybody, met, uh, track and field, softball, uh, help with football, uh, you know, a couple other sports in there. And then I was at the University of Tulsa for two years. I started as a G- – well – I was a GA at Southern Miss, but I actually started at my alma mater, Centenary College. Uh, I was our first strength coach. I don't even know if they've had one since then, but uh, I was able to go straight from being an undergrad to a strength coach. So that was a pretty interesting transition. But, um, you know, that's pretty much it as far as professionally. And so with your professional life, you you know mentioned it's been a handful of schools now, but you've always managed to, at least, you know, from my perspective, and, and I'm sure a lot of the people that you've worked with perspectives, you've always managed to put family first. Um, and I know, obviously, that's a big issue for coaches with the coaching carousel that happens every year and moving for the jobs and things like that. Um, how have you managed to consistently put your family first and still have, you know, the career and, and the dream job that you, you want to pursue? Mm, smoke and mirrors. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. But uh, no, I mean, it, 
it hasn't been perfect. I mean, it's always, I think when I first started, um, like I said, I'd, uh, started as an undergrad at Centenary College, which is where I met my wife. We've been married for 16 years and we got two kids, 14 and 11. So like you said, it's, it's always been something that's important to me. That, that probably kind of started when, uh, um, back in my sophomore year of college, I, uh, my mom passed away suddenly and I kind of made a personal mission statement and I was always going to make the people that cared about me and that were important to me proud. So, uh, I think one of that, you know, doing that kind of set me up for the rest of my career. I didn't even know it at the time. It was just something I did because I was doing some things at the time. I know weren't the best. I'm looking at it. I'm like, man, you know, she just passed away and she probably didn't even know if I was going to make it out of college. But so, you know, that that's always been something that drives me. And I think uh, that's kind of why I've always put my family first as far as my wife and my kids, you know, in the decisions I make with my uh, career and things like that. But again, like I said, I digressed a little bit, but, you know, making that move uh, from Centenary to Southern Miss, being able to continue dating my, uh, you know, she's my girlfriend at the time, holding on to that and then moving to Tulsa. She actually transferred uh, or started school at Tulsa. And then when I got the job at Missouri, she transferred to Missouri. So we made a lot of sacrifices back and forth. And, you know, then we had our first child and moved on. And, you know, that probably that time at Missouri was probably the biggest growth time for me. I, I think when I first got to Missouri, it really was probably <laughs> 80, 20 professional. I was putting 80% of my effort into my professional work and probably, you know, 20% into my, my, my marriage and being a dad and all that stuff. And there were some rough times. So, you know, I learned a lot there and you just kind of build from there. You know, it's, it hasn't been easy. You know, I, like you said, Mac, I, it looks like I put family first, but it's always been, a, it's always been a hard effort, you know, just cause you work in college athletics that that's like a black hole that thing can suck you in and never lets you go. You know, everybody wants a piece, you know, the, the athletes want a piece, the coaches want a piece it, you know, whatever direction of the admin. And I think a lot of times what gets forgotten in that, well, I know it's not, I don't think it's, I know what gets forgotten in that is the person that people are asking that time from. So, and uh, you know, we built that over that eight years that we all kind of worked together in Missouri. Um, you know, that was a big thing. We're always, hammer on each other. If somebody didn't do it right, then we hammered down. And, you know, I was probably one of the worst ones. I'd be all over people and you probably, everybody's like, man, this guy needs to stop. But, you know, it was just, it was that important, I think. And uh, that's pretty much it. I don't, I don't know what else to say on that. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm reminded from some of the things you say, because I don't know if I know of, of another coach that's more grounded than you in terms of their belief, their values, ethics. Um, <clears throat> I don't know of another coach that I've I've been around that where I knew I had to be a better person because of them and how and and the the values and ethics that you brought every day made all of us want to be better and better coaches, better people, better spouses. Uh, you know that was something that at least from the outside, you did a really good job of. Something else that I learned from you is <clears throat> the 
sacrifices that you made when when you decided you and your wife decided how you would move forward professionally that it would actually take you to different states while she was growing professionally and you were pursuing your professional uh, dreams and aspirations i was watching and learning because several of us would have to go through that many years later and you kind of laid that foundation of how you are still able to make those sacrifices yet keep your values ethics together and, and and family being one of those i think that that is something i would like for our listeners to hear from you how you went about that well there's a lot of layers <laughs> to that uh, <laughs> um why don't you just go ahead and like yep. bring the hard one first but uh <laughs> No, like I said, you know, kind of going back, it, it, it hasn't been easy, but I think, you know, just from a marriage perspective, you know, you get married because you love each other. After that, it's all work. I, that's my, that's my philosophy on it. I mean, the love is the, the glue, but man, there is a lot of work that's involved in, you know, making a marriage last and, and, and continue on. And especially when, so like in my case, you know, we, you know, professionally early on, you know, I kind of, uh, you know, Southern Miss, I was a GA Tulsa. That was my first full-time job. So I kind of, I kind of look at Missouri, that 2004 to 2012 period is a, a, a big, big growth time. But, you know, during that time, you know, I'm professionally, you know, there's things I want to do. There's things I want to accomplish. My wife is five years younger than me. And, you know, like I said, she went to nursing school. She transferred to Missouri, finished nursing school. And she actually wanted to go to, uh, nurse anesthesia school, you know, after, you know, you got to get a little time in the field as a nurse and then you can start applying and things like that. So we both have ambition, right? So we're, we're both trying to do these things and they both take time. We're we're having children. So you're right. There is a lot of sacrifice that gets made there. And, um, you know, I think the one thing, like I said, it just always goes back to, I'm trying to, that kind of personal mission statement I made, back in 1996 um, I'm trying to make the people in my life proud of me so that includes my wife that includes my kids and if I want to be a good dad then I have to show that uh, you know I'm going to support her and we're going to do things we're going to move forward and uh, you know you're just going to adapt and adjust to whatever situation it is because you know I think if you're if you handle your business and your uh, your mentals, as uh, Marshawn Lynch so eloquently put a couple few and weeks ago, or a couple of days ago, um, you know, yeah, get ahead of your chicken, right? <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, it's just it's just a constant effort. You know, there's going to be some, there's going to be some, uh, you know, it's like the roller coaster. There's going to be some downward, uh, darker times, and then there's going to be some, there's going to be some up times. But as you go, you, you know, you try to, you just try to stay up more and. Um, I think, uh, you know, it's just, I think it's about self-awareness, knowing who you are and and I guess kind of what you said, you know, just being authentic about yourself and, uh, lining up what, what's really, really important. And if you put that family up there, you say that's important and guess what, you're going to make a decision based on that family as opposed to your professional career. So, you know, I, like when I took the job at Coastal, you know, that was 
my wife was fixing to go to CRNA school and I was taking a, a job a thousand miles away. Uh, first time, you know, sitting in the chair exclusively. So that was hard. I mean, I'm, I'm making decisions. I got a staff, I got admin, I got all this stuff. I'm running a football program. Um, my wife's starting school. She can't make anything below a C. So the stress is on. She's got the kids and that first six months was rough, but you know, we just kept working, working, working forward. And, uh, you know, we kind of came out of that. And then, you know, as she was getting done with school, you know, an opportunity just happened to be back at Missouri. And I talked to my wife and she's like, look, I can get a job here in Missouri ASAP. And going to South Carolina, you know, there's, there's a big question mark there. And because she did that, you know, she went through two, two and a half years of school breaking herself off, taking care of the kids. I'm looking at mine. I'm like, well, you know, what's the point of bringing her out here and the kids out here when I can roll back, work with people I know and care about and still develop myself professionally. And my wife gets what, you know, she, she deserves after all, all her hard work and the kids really don't have to go through a huge change. So boom, to me, that was easy. I mean, it was, that was the, that was the, you know, if I'm going to put my family up there, it's going to be that. And that's what I'm going to do. So, um, you know, and I think the second time it happened was there in Missouri. When I came back the second time, as we got towards the end of our tenure there, you know, kind of, I mean, if you, when there's a coaching change, if you're not thinking about you getting changed, then obviously you're not in tune with what's going on. But, you know, just knowing what might come down the road, I, I lined up. Like, I can't remember what they were, but I just know one of the things was if it does go down, I'm going back to Texas or Louisiana and, you know, my wife can work there easy. And if I can find a job, then it's a bonus. It was, it was something like that. But again, it was about the family going back, getting closer to, you know, my mom and dad and her mom and dad. And so they could kind of see the kids more because being in Missouri, they couldn't see the kids and, you know, you just make those decisions. So, you know, I could have chased some jobs and run around and done some different things and moved the family and all that stuff. But, you know, that, that's that's the way I look at it. That's it's not for everybody. But that's that's just my philosophy. On it. This podcast is sponsored by Sorenex Exercise Equipment. Since 1980, Sorenex has been a family owned business responsible for legendary innovations and training solutions that have changed the face of strength training today. Sorenex is the most sought-after strength brand for professional teams, colleges, high schools, and military units. During this process of growth, our clients have become an extended family to us, part of our brotherhood, our culture. We want to thank you, our customers, friends, and family for being the foundation on which Sorenex is built. We promise to do our best to continue to serve you with the best strength training equipment and service in the industry. Yeah. And it sounds like, you know, the priorities that you had, like you said, your family and stuff, that's what drove your decisions. So that makes sense. Um, and I know having been in the director role and the head guy at several places, I'm sure that you've met plenty of younger assistants that, you know, everybody thinks that they can be a head guy. Um, but so kind of what I, if you're going to kind of help out some of our younger listeners who, like I said, think that they could be a director, you know, I've 
think that they could do it better even. Um, but if you have a couple of non-negotiables when you go into, you know, being a director role, the couple of non-negotiables that help you keep your priorities, do you have, you know, any, you know, couple or a list of them, or is it just more of a situation by situation you go into it and say, well, I know that my family is important. So, you know, I have to do this or, you know what I mean? Are there, is there advice, I guess, that you could give to aspiring directors for how to help keep their priorities? Yeah. I mean, I think the first thing I'd tell anybody in that situation is you better make it staff first, even if it's just a couple interns, those cats, that's your staff. And, you know, if, if you don't take care of them, then athletes don't get taken care of. And I think a lot of people flip that wrong and put athletes and whoever, what coach they're working for first. And, and cause I've walked into a couple situations like that um, where I walk in the door and the staff is just like, they look like deer in headlights. I mean, they have no direction. <laughs> they don't know what's going on. They're just trying, they're holding on by a thread. I mean, if you're, t- if you, if I walked in there and blew on them, they'd fall, you know, it's like, it, it's not a good situation to be. I just yeah. don't understand how people want to sit in that chair, but they don't want to accept the responsibility that they're now overseeing human beings, you know? So that's what I, uh, that's, that's the first thing I'd say is, look, you want to be in charge. You have to accept all of it, which is, and, and for me, that's staff first, you know, you, you start evaluating the staff, you start, okay, what's your, what's your situation? You've got four high profile teams. You know, I've been walking, you got four high profile teams, very demanding on time. You know, a couple of them are, you know, traditionally strength and conditioning averse as far as, Oh, they got sore and things like that. And it's just like, I want to know about you. I don't want to know about that. I, I, coach is going to tell me pretty much the same thing no matter where you go. Like that, that's to, that's where I've gotten to the point in my career. I, I can anticipate what head coaches are going to say, but I want to know about that. I want to know about the staff so I can go in there and write the things that are preventing the real magic from happening. Does that make sense? Um, I kind of feel like I took a left turn there somewhere, but <laughs> um, no, it makes sense. No, I mean, You're it's, good. it's about staff. I mean, you got to hammer down on that first and, and take care of that. And, um, you know, that, that's the way I've always been wherever I, I've gone, even with my first job, you know, haven't been, haven't been in Missouri in the way we operated there. Uh, you know, it was always staff first. And we, we talked about that openly and, you know, we made decisions based on staff and things like that. So when I first took my, when I took my first, you know, full, full-time director job, you know, that's what I did. I made it about staff and, you know, I had a, <laughs> I had an assistant that was grossly underpaid and, for the, the time that they'd been there and, uh, you know, a couple other variables. And I went to work on that. I'm like, look, you guys, I went to my administrator. I said, look at this. This is ridiculous. You know, you've got a person here who by all rights could basically make us look bad because of this, you know? And he looked at me like, wow, nobody's and and we got it right. We fixed it. We, we, I think she got like a 13% raise or something like that. But, um, you know, you just got to do those things. You got to be able to step out on that ledge and, and, and take care of your people. And, you know, I think, uh, uh, 
yeah. So the first thing is staff. And then the, the second thing I'd say is just, man, your ego is, 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 has no room. I mean, everybody's got one. I've got one. Like if, <laughs> if people could read my mind, sometimes it'd be like, wow, holy crap. You really, really think that, but um, <laughs> you know, we could all probably say that though. <laughs> yeah. You're going to, that's what I'm saying. We all have this ego. Like, look, man, I basically just opened my mouth and told you what I thought. And that's pretty much it. I mean, but at the same time, you got to understand that you can't make it about your ego. So you got to have that self-talk and be able to squash that and, and handle, handle the business of being a director. Cause being a director means for some people, it means you make more money. And that's like the very basic bottom of the, pyramid if you want to call it a pyramid you know you make more money but then you got all this other stuff on top of it that you won't make that money for very long if you don't take care of and for me that's staff first and squash your ego and be able to have that have that self-talk with yourself where oh that's your ego talk you need to shut up because I, I mean when I was young I was I'd let my ego just screw things up all the time you know <laughs> well that's not the way I want to do it well nobody really cares you know you got a lot of other factors here you got to you got to handle and, and to make things work right. So I think that's the two biggest thing is staff first and Absolutely. squash the ego. Um, you say staff first. And um, when we started this podcast, we're assembling a list of people we wanted to get on. And then there was a list that I knew um, it needed to be uh, a real special occasion. We just wanted it to be a special occasion. So this podcast, which comes out on Valentine's day, um, and I was looking up the meaning of Valentine's and it's basically a day where you look at admir where you would get to express admiration, friendship, or love for a person. And <laughs> so this podcast is on Valentine's day with uh, Josh Stoner. Um, yeah. So I don't want to oh, get man. too uh, <laughs> man crushy. Yeah. I don't want to get too I'm man blushing. crushy. Too much. Too much I feel a, my face is all flushed now. Here. Come on, man. But, that ain't, that ain't it. That, that ain't us, man. We can't be. Doing All right, that. let's switch gears. So let's talk about leadership. <laughs> I know you went to a conference one time and you came back, you were fired. I believe it was the leaders conference and, and something you've always been mm -hmm. passionate about is leadership, um, learning from great leaders, uh, CEOs, uh, head football coaches, business, wh wherever, and bringing that back to the staff so that we could grow as leaders. Um, why is leadership so important to you? And uh, maybe too much, we might have to get into how you do leadership and teaching and coaching. That might have to be show number two, but why is leadership so important to you? I, I just, because I think, well, I mean, back to, you know, rolling all the way back to the first full-time job there at Tulsa. So I got that job and, Number one, it wasn't paying much, but, you know, I got hired by JT Allaire and then, you know, he was gone and then you came in, Pat, right? So, but at the same time, what happened? We got a new head coach, right? Uh, that second year. Um, so the first year, it was like. <laughs> <laughs> one in 11. It was bad. It was bad. You know, it was bad. So there was those times we looked at each other. I mean, we hadn't even known each other that long, but we looked at each other like, what are we doing? But, uh, you know, 
And then we get a new head coach. And what did he come in? Attitude and effort. Boom. And it was just like, that was it. Two things. And, you know, that was another time my ego got in the way a lot because I thought, oh, I know what I'm doing. I'm getting kicked off of drills and stuff. But, um, the, uh, but yeah, I mean, that was, that was a leadership change and he came in and did it so well. We went from one and 11 to eight and five with the same kids. I mean, I don't remember bringing anybody new, did we? I mean, we had the same kids, a one and 11 team went eight and five. And I don't think consciously I I thought anything at that point, but I think subconsciously that's always been there is like, man, just having the right leadership can make a seven win difference on a football team. And, um, you know, I just, uh, to me, I just go global with that and I just apply it across the board, not just in sport, but in everything. I'm like, look, this whole thing boils down to how you can handle yourself in a leadership position. And you're not always going to be in a leadership position, but when you are, do you know what you want to do? So I think that's always been, you know, now that you ask the question, I'm pretty sure that's that's where it really really hit me and stuck with me how how valuable leadership was, and just being in a couple other situations um, where it was the opposite, where the leadership was so bad that it pretty much tore down a <laughs> a whole dynasty. But um, you know, so seeing both ends of it, where great leadership, what it can do, and very poor leadership, what can happen there. That, you know, I think that's, I think something that people really need to hone in on. And, you know, there's people in our field who, who talk about it. I mean, like Brett Bartholomew, that's a big thing for him. What, like he talks about values of leadership, and handling your business and not just the X's and O's of strength and conditioning. But, you know, I think, you know, going back all the way to 2002 for me, it's, it's always been a, it's been a high priority is make yourself a good leader. So when you are in charge of the team, you can lead that team. But I think it goes even further. If you work hard on developing yourself as a leader, you can understand the people who lead you better. Like a lot of times, and that's what I think that's the ego getting in the way too. So all these things are related. If if you let your ego run you and and you let that get in the way, you never develop your leadership. And then you're questioning and and pissed off and talking smack, you know, being a locker room lawyer behind your head man's back or whoever you're working with the head coach or if it's the director or whatever, I mean, you have to understand those people. You have to look at that head coach and you have to look at that. If you're an assistant, you're a director and you have to understand, you have to understand them. And that doesn't happen. I don't think if you don't have your own personal leadership ability. Um, so I think that's, that's pretty much why leadership is important. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think you've gotten more out of the coaches that you've worked under or for? Um, do you think you've gotten more out of the ones who were really good leaders or the ones who were not good leaders? And, and so therefore you learned what not to do. Well, um, that's a really good question. <laughs> or yes. <laughs> I would say it's probably even like, because the way I look at it, I'm always looking for both. You know, you're attracted to good leadership naturally, like as a, as a human, you're like, oh, this is a good leader. I'm going to follow them. But then I think you got to actively look for bad leadership too. So you kind of see the opposite side of it. And, you know, if you have enough conversations and talk to enough people, I think 
I don't know if I'm jaded or what, but I just feel like there's less good leadership than there sh- should be. Does that make sense? Less good leadership mm-hmm. than there should be. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah. Um, cause I think people just don't want to accept that responsibility. Like, cause it's hard. Like if you're talking about being responsible, like it's on me, but that's what sports about. Like if we work in college athletics and it's sport, sport, you know, be responsible, be accountable. Well, then I'm going to be accountable. And if, you know, just this last season. So obviously, um, we didn't have, we didn't have that great of a football season, but you know, we're working on some things. You come into a new program and it's had a few bad seasons in a row. So it's not going to, you know, there's some things that got to line up and we worked our butt off. The players worked their butt off. The coaches worked their butt off, but we still went three and nine. And, uh, at our very last team meeting, I went to the head coach's office and I said, look, I don't know what you plan on saying, but I want you to say this. And I want you to look at me when you say it. Cause there were, there were a couple games where I'm sitting there watching. I'm like, we're getting our butts kicked physically. And I'm just like depressed because I'm like, these guys are eating our lunch and that's on me. I'm the strength coach. Right. So physical performance. And I'm not talking about X's and O's. I'm just talking about physically they're beating us. And so I said, look, we got beat up physically in a couple of games. I want you to look at me. I want you to say, you need to get your job done. I'm like, and he was looked at me. He's like, how do you want me to say? It? He got excited. He said, how do you want me to say it? Should I, <laughs> should I come at you with the finger or should I, you know, should I come up, you know, this, that, and the other, I don't remember exactly what he said, but it was exciting to him. He's like, I get to come, I get to yell at you. I said, I want you to come at me however you want coach. Just bring it. And uh, he did. And it was good. And I got back up there. And I said, look, I don't like getting called out, you know, blah, blah, blah. But um, I think that's, you know, that's what it comes down to is personal responsibility. You know, that's what I, that was a lesson, you know, I went to Coastal. Uh, that was a unique story, but real short story of it is Joe Moglia started as a coach. He was a college uh, football coach. And then financially that wasn't working. So he started working, uh, on wall street and eventually became a CEO of uh, TD Ameritrade. So big time stuff, right? Well, he resigns his post as CEO decides he wants to be a football coach again, ends up as a head coach at coastal Carolina. So for two years I worked with him, but his personal philosophy, this is what, this is it. This is the whole program. It was bam. It was be a man, stand on your own two feet, accept responsibility for yourself and understand the consequences for your actions. And I was like, that's it. That's what I'm all about, you know, but um, that's not easy, right? Because you're accepting responsibility for yourself and you fully understand the consequences of your actions. So I think that was a a good experience to be there for a couple of years. That was a good experience. This podcast has been a good experience and we're realizing we're going to have to do another show because we're just getting started. This thing is just getting warm. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but we're going to and you know what i don't think i even well, said a cuss word I did I? I don't think so i don't i don't think so That's for huge. sure no f-bombs you so. guys you guys bring the best out in me <laughs> well i like i think like pat said we were just getting warmed up there's so more. maybe there's, there's more to more come, come. <laughs> all, right, so all right all right where can our <laughs> listeners find you um social media wise or any place else You know, I'm, uh, I'm highly introverted, so I'm not super active, but, uh, 
<laughs> That's something else we didn't even talk about. But <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm good sitting in a room by myself. But um, no, I, I've got a Twitter account, Coach Josh Stoner, and IG, Coach Josh Stoner. And that's pretty much it with the social media, um, you know, email. Uh, I've got a SFA account. You know, it's just joshua.stoner at SFA at uh, SU dot EDU. So that's, that'd be, that'd probably that'd be, it. be great. We appreciate having you. Thank you. Happy Valentine's Day to our listeners. And, uh, you know, this is Beyond Sets and Reps where, where we're providing the performance edge. Everybody have a great day. Thank you for listening to this episode of Beyond Sets and Reps, where we provide the performance edge. This podcast has been brought to you by our sponsor, Soranex Exercise Equipment. To make sure you don't miss an episode, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or your preferred podcast provider. You can find show notes and more at beyondsetsandreps.com. That's B-E-Y-O-N-D-S-E-T-S-A-N-D-R-E-P-S dot com.